wait, hold up. We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is February 8th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Steve and special guest co-host. You might recognize this fellow from Basin Box Office, Will. How you guys doing today? Great. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, no problem. So, obviously, if you guys are fans of either show or have heard any of the previous collaborations we have done before, then you know we're about to do a topic that, you know, goes through music and movies. But we're not going to get to that just yet. Have you guys encountered anything new or interesting in the past week? So, you know, Bill and we got Will into understand a bit of it, a band (laughs) that we're very fond of, and they do some shit that pisses us off, uh, Lamb of God. Yeah, I got a message on Instagram from a friend who's a huge Lamb of God fan. Yo, Lamb of God dropped a new song. Check it out. And I'm confused because they just came out with an album last year. So the only thing I could have in mind, re-release. Yep. Only thing. Unless a single album, which doesn't really strike me as a Lamb of God thing. Yeah, that's not what they do. And there it is. Self-titled deluxe version coming out soon. Uh, B-side of live tracks as well as two new tracks. One of which that was released with a, you know, just basic video with the wait didn't cover. you this buy, yeah this uh, is yeah. deluxe version yeah when lamb guy released her self-title they had several options and, for the vinyl purchase one of them didn't specific. you not listen to it until you got the deluxe I version i waited to get that vinyl of the <laughs> deluxe version that's apparently not as deluxe as the deluxe i got a diet deluxe all right? You got the, the, the Mountain Shouting Alternative. I got the Mountain Shouting Alternative from Lamb of God and I can't <laughs> fucking believe it. So the new song is uh, what? Ghost walking people or ghost shaped people. Ghost shaped people. Ghost shaped people. Yeah, sorry. Uh, whatever. Anyway, the song and Bill, you know, we both can kind of come to the agreement that Lamb of God is turning this corner to a very commercialized, commercialized, softish, as I lay dying ish. They're starting to they're starting to become one with their core section of them like land of god's always had this Walk like definitive thing yeah where yeah. it was like it was metalcore sort of it, it was all right i'm not gonna sure good land of god's been metalcore for a very long time but the core aspect has been drowned out by the metal version yeah of sacrament it. was the turning point exactly and ever since and it's been there. this song in my opinion is they kind of just could fully embrace the core aspect of it and you yeah. brought up a good point with our cruise like he could have been the deciding factor on that or, yeah. you know, the inspiration behind doing it because we all know the band that he was in prior to Lamb of God. And we talk too, like there's a sound and a feel that you get from music mm-hmm. and we put it in perfect parallel where we played the new song mm-hmm. and played 512, which is right off the release prior to the self-title. Two yes. different drummers, two different styles because you immediately get two different vibes. Exactly. Like, um, Go Shape People makes me want to like go out and protest the legalization of marijuana like it just it has a very uplifting str- and then 512 makes me feel like i'm like hiding well, a body going uh listening to go shape people makes me want to go shop at hot topic well i'm telling you it makes me want to go get every deal i can on amazon day at whole foods <laughs> i'm telling you man, i don't listen to this music but this sounds like exciting stuff to me oh yeah <laughs> i'm just saying i'm this is the this is the goal this- with will being on this show every opportunity i look to be able to Expand. It's the acquired taste. You yeah. know what I mean? You start yeah. with Johnny Black and eventually you appreciate Johnny Blue. Like that's exactly. the progression. So since you heard both songs or snippets of both songs Ooh. and <laughs> being an outsider looking in, what what are you able to distinguish between the two songs? You could hear a, a, a difference between the two, right? 
Yeah, I can hear the difference between the two. And, I mean, honestly, the music, I mean, granted, it's no secret, I'm not a huge fan of Lamb of God. Whatever, it is what it is. But listening to the songs, like, it's not, I, li- I like the music. I like, the, you know, the drums, you know, the yeah. beat. I you love like it the all. instrumentals. I don't like the screaming shit. Like, I that's can't understand. That's usually, yeah. That's a very, yeah. He's fucking, like, in the toilet, like, vomiting. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, yeah. And I want to enjoy it. I really do. Because I love to give, like, like movies, I like to give music a chance. Like, I listen to everything. Yeah. But I just can't get behind some of the screaming stuff. But... You know, and I, then no, that's totally yeah. understandable because that is the fine line with people. Yeah. Like yeah. there's certain music where some people just have, I mean, it's it's like singing talents and guitar mm-hmm. talents. Like some people have it, some people don't, and like ear talents with being able to listen to certain stuff, it's not going to appeal to everybody, right? And that's totally the thing with metal of its you know core. Like at the root cause is a lot of metal has gone to how extreme can we be? Yeah, exactly. But the problem. Well, like that's the thing, and Will was able to determine that there was a, a you can hear clear it. difference between you the can, two yeah, songs. Yeah, and we're not gonna sit here and bash on Will's music taste by any means, but he enjoyed the, the Spice new, Girls. You no, know? no, 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 shut up. <laughs> he he, en- yeah, he enjoys the Spice Girls. <laughs> you should but, just like put an explicit like beep on that, like bleep, bleep, like like he said something so fucking profound that yeah. he couldn't even like say it on the airwaves. <laughs> he um. <laughs> The thing is, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash on his music taste, but for the type of music that Will listens to, he enjoyed Ghost Shaped People more than he enjoyed 512, and I was able to determine that by things that he had said in context clues. He enjoyed that more. So as someone that's not a metalhead or a metal fan, this song appears to, uh, appeals to someone that is more inclined in the commercial aspect of music. And So we're using Will as the scientific study. Yeah. So on okay, the one on the you're you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yes, I'm probably in the middle of the two. Yeah, I'm in yeah. the middle of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm Will's like the, on the other side. I'm the extremist. You're like the independent. Will's more yes. of the liberal in the sense of what we're looking for in terms of the core qualities of Lamb of God. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact, like, I stayed absolutely flaccid through Gauchate people, and Will called a quarter chub. So we know in context that one song. <laughs> is more arousing to certain tastes as right. opposed to other. Right? That could be a scientific study. Yeah, I think so. The size of your boner determines yeah. how much you like Lamb <laughs> of right. God. I think we were good with yeah. what you said the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I mean, the fact that this song was able to appeal appeal to somebody that is in, you know, uh, more of a commercial taste in music yeah. as opposed to someone or, you know, the metal community that isn't as, you know, Bottom, yeah, of it. bottom line, it's just... They're moving into that. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'm i willing to go on a limb and say Art Cruz kind of has that sense of influence where they're able to branch out more to that because you figure Chris Adler left over what they consider creative differences. Yes. So the fact that this is the sound that they're heading into and what they were able to produce with Chris Adler, you can tell that there's just a level of influence that the band probably was trying to head towards and Art Cruz fit that mold. Exactly. That's my... But... um. <clears throat> Speaking of new music, um, coming out April 16th. Another on one Metal of Will's Blade favorite Records. bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> this is another one. Um, Cannibal Corpse released a new song called Inhumane Harvest. It's coming off of their album that's coming out in April called Violence Unimagined. Wow. Very uh, innovative here for Cannibal Corpse and their titling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really went um, uh, all out on that one. Well, they this is the first thing they're releasing since the departure of Pat O'Brien, and if you listen to the show, you've heard us talk about this individual. You can Google him times. immediately, yeah. And yeah, you can find out yeah. what this is. Um, he was replaced with um, Eric Rutten from Morbid Angel. Yeah, he played with Morbid Angel for a bit. His biggest things, um, you know, Hate Eternal, obviously. King of All Kings is a phenomenal album. Yeah. But the one thing I knew that he did that really drove me to appreciate the instrumental work from Eric on this album, uh, Ripping Corpse in the 90s, great thrash, you know, death thrash band, um, that real 90s old school aesthetic. Ripping yeah. Corpse had an album called Dreaming with the Dead, and it's an absolute essential classic, and he was you know, mastermind behind a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So him being with the band, cause they did announce he's going to be a full time member. He's not just a touring individual. Like Pat O'Brien shit's probably got a long time before that ever becomes resolved. Yeah. Um, three skulls in your basement usually doesn't mean <laughs> probation. Um, <laughs> but I don't know with the way our justice system works. It wouldn't Yeah, COVID with well, this is on postponement. He's probably on house arrest, even though he probably murdered three people. That's welcome to the United yeah. States folks. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he uh, 
th- like you said it, Bill, too, about the drumming. Yeah. So another one. We're gonna take the the. We're, what should we call this? Ask, ask the public, where we ask Will, like, or ask <clears throat> the outsider. Ask the general public. Yeah, third party perspective featuring the Will. Third party perspective. So. You've heard the Inhumane Harvest, and we also showed you Evisceration Plague. We've showed you Death Walking Terror, and we have showed you Hammer Smashed Face. Are you able From to have... respect the film Ace Venture. Yeah, exactly. Right. So were you able to find any differences between those four songs? Not really, no. <laughs> That's what... Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't really see much of a difference. <laughs> I hope that was the case, because I'm going to go as well. When I was younger, before I really... Because anything with music and movie related, mm-hmm. you watch a movie the first time. There's a lot of shit you might not understand as a kid. You watch it when you're older and you get the jokes and you yeah. see the differences. And yep. metal for me was the same way. First time I heard Cannibal Corpse, the first song I ever heard was Hammer Smash Face because of Ace Ventura. Mm-hmm. That drove me to like, what the fuck is this? Then my friends were listening to it. Then I went and listened to Skull Full of Maggots off the first album. Another great title by Cannibal Corpse. Very... <laughs> Innovative than these guys. But again, to me, initially, it you could have played them all back to back to back to back, and I couldn't tell you like when the song changed. Exactly. You know? That's that's how it was for me. But again, same thing with film. It took a long time for me to really digest that. Yeah. And Cannibal Corpse, to me, has become like the comfort food of death metal. It's just the same. It's redundant. I that, yeah. It's never... It's like Motorhead. Mm-hmm. You just, you're going to get the same shit every time. Exactly. Now, my main gripe with this is... Just like you said, you're going to get the same thing every time. Yeah. I think for a band of the status and caliber of Cannibal Corpse, I'm not saying they're like the greatest death metal band ever. Everyone knows it. They're not amazing. They they are who they are. Yes. And I feel like as a band that has been together for so long and is constantly trying to break new ground, I feel like the drums should be way better than what they are. He's an old man. He's see, it's tired. But we've listened to Viscoration Plague and Death Walking Terror. Those drums sounded exactly the same. Oh yeah. And then we listened to Inhum- Inhumane Harvest, and it was exactly it's- the same to that. <laughs> and it's just like you know, I'm not gonna sit here and start bashing on Cannibal Corpse because you know, I have a very soft spot for them. They, you know, they were my. In- it's weird to say, but they were my introduction into death metal and all yeah. this other shit. So. I can't really sit there and bash on him that much. However, it's just like, it's like the Lars Ulrich. I was going to say. The Lars Ulrich fucking paradox. We can call it the Lou, the L-U-E, the Lars Ulrich effect. The Lars Ulrich effect. It's the Lou. He's a victim of the Lou. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where like he's good enough to where it works, and they don't need to go any further than that. However, if you check out any of these other bands, like imagine how... Imagine how different Cannibal Corpse would be if they had, like, Gene Hoagland. Okay, so... It'd be fucking nasty. You have to understand, Dave Lombardo joined Metallica. Paul, Paul the drummer. Yeah. His last name, I don't even going to try to Yeah, it's like Berserkowitz or something. But Paul has been in the band forever. I believe he's the original member. He's been there for... That's what I'm saying. He's been there forever. So, for him, I mean, if you go and listen to Tomb of the Mutilated, Butchered at Birth... Um, even back to life, even. I mean, you, yeah. he was very, like, at that time, that was, like, atypical, innovative death metal because of how the roots started and where bands were exactly, going, like Morbid yeah. Angel and um, DSI. But, yeah, as the years go on, that capability... Should be evolving. To, should be, and if you don't, you fall into the loo. Because again, Chris Adler constantly like trying to outdo himself. Yep. And now you get to see with Paul, it's just I feel like everything's recorded first and then the drums are there to fill yeah, the gaps. Like, just just do it. Yeah. Do what you normally like do. Like when you have Come a bass line that's just matching the rhythm section as opposed exactly. to like adding fills and yep. trying to be innovative. But again, it's that type of drumming. I'm not personally able to do anything close or remotely like that, mm-hmm. but I, I think figured, with like a couple weeks of practice, I think you could probably. Yeah, that's why the, the more I it. listen to it, I'm starting to like. I know that I'm almost capable of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not an amazing drummer by any means, but I think I'm capable of playing at least one or two Cannibal Corpse songs. Yeah. Shit, I <laughs> Absolutely. Could too. I, if, yeah. That, that That's going to be the long term goal <clears throat> here. We're going to train and see if we can outdo Paul. And then send This could a be an experiment. Send we can her. get Will trained to be the replacement. 
we need to get Will to be like the guy when you like get, you know, a hip hop artist listening to like Tool or you get like, yeah. you know, Geezer <laughs> Butler to listen to no. Uzi Vert. If, if you're going to say we need to get Gil to start, yeah, Gil, we need to get Will to start liking this music. <laughs> no, 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 get him to listen to it. Just like we, no. reviews by Will from obscure music. You listen to a song and you just. I can just make a review of it. Yeah. This is some crazy ass shit. Let me just give you the review of what I. Think. I was not a fan of the lyrical content due to George. Oh saying my god, that he dude! We fuck could a shoot woman it with a knife. We could shoot it like Beavis and Butthead. The whole like gag on the couch, watch music videos. Yeah. Like um, it was funny. I was cruising through YouTube like I normally do, and uh, I came across uh, Beavis and Butthead watching Deaths the Philosophizer. The philosopher. Philosopher. Yeah. yeah philosophizer. <laughs> Duh. Uh, the philosopher. <laughs> and, uh, like, it was just so funny because they were ripping on Chuck. And, like, Beavis was like, uh, he's like, it sounds like the guy at, at, at uh, whatever fucking burger joint they were talking about. And he's like, I was a fries with cheese. <laughs> and I was like, this is like the funniest fucking shit ever. <laughs> just get poetry moments with poetry with Will. And he just reads the lyrics from Cannibal yeah. Corpse songs yeah. very soothingly. That sounds like fun. So Cannibal Corner. We'll yeah, call it. Cannibal Corner. The Cannibal Corner with William. Like a real so, soothing moment. Yeah. But like really ambient music. Yes. Like bells and <laughs> ASMR shit. That sounds like fun. And he just calmly reads That Cannibal could be Corps another songs. podcast yeah. right there. So to bring you into the new and interesting. Oh, yes. Because we hey, went off like a major I am tangent. Still yeah, yeah. <laughs> the banter okay. when we get I mean, on a know, fucking gotta, metal tear. It's a, I know your, your episodes are a lot longer than ours, you know? You yeah, guys, that's You guys true. talk a lot, you know? <laughs> uh, driving around a lot, I just kind of uh, cruise through some music on YouTube. I go, I like to watch music videos. Not oh, while yeah. I'm driving, you know, when I'm at like red lights and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I kind of been digging in a lot more with, uh, from the 80s actually, like Hall Notes and REO Speedwagon. Okay. Just kind of cruising through their different songs and such. I like to listen to different things, you know. Radio I think the rediscovery the of that music is always yeah. awesome. Exactly. I do that all the time because like, Growing up as a kid, dad's always having 1029 on or whatever the local rock station. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but some of the songs, like, as I got older, I'm like, oh, I like Fleetwood Mac. And then I would listen to their content and I'd be like, wow, there's like four or five songs in there that I remember as a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never knew who it was. Yeah, you forget all about it. Yeah, I I love doing that. Going back to the 80s rediscovery thing, you know what I think is like a major catalyst for this? What? The weekend with Blinding Lights. Because you, very. This fucking dude showed up one night. He's like, "I, I heard this song. It's amazing. I, I brought it up a couple episodes ago. I don't think ago. you're going to like it. And he played it for me. I was like, I fucking love this song. I brought song. it up a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Dude, that song is just... Amazing. It's a fucking hit. You it's a masterpiece. It really is. It's, yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. With overplayed music, then people try to use it to an attitude where they won't like it almost in spite. Yep. But me personally, I have a playlist that I listen to. It's like 47 songs or some random number for a drive down the turnpike. Yeah. Blinding Lights and The Hills are both on there. Nice. Because like, The weekend is just a very... When we talk about like Rob Zombie, a unique artist, fucking The weekend is perfect for pop culture, but he's not, you know, putting out shit like, you know, just redundant bullshit and like, let me talk about how big my dick is in exactly, my bank account. Yeah. Like, come on, man. WAP. Yeah. WAP. Oh, God. <laughs> no, we're not going back to that. Yada 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 yada. Yeah, dude. Imagine that fucking you know lyric saying. sheet, dude. Holy yeah. fuck. Anywho, um, yeah. So that's kind of what you know. My 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 previous week really has been about just digging into some old music. I don't um I don't really listen to the radio so much anymore. I kind of just cruise around with music I have or you yeah. know YouTube stuff. Same thing. Suggestions. Yeah. Same you know? thing. Just I feel like the radio, like you mentioned, like it's the same music it's over and so, over again. And while yeah. there's good songs, like Ugh. you know the weekend's music. But like, I don't want to hear it once every fucking 63 minutes. Of course. You know, it's like, exactly. oh, well, the same 11 songs. Like, yeah, I kind of want to get into something else. Yeah. You know? Well, that's like, the benefits with streaming and the capability exactly. and Bluetooth and everything. There's you always can... other aspects. And like oh, I said, yeah. you know, they might recommend Hall & Notes and then I'll go in and I'll just look up Hall & Notes and all these different songs, yep. which, you know, brings back. I do the same because you mentioned music videos and I'm hoping one day we should do an episode on that because I just thought about how music videos when we were growing up were like very... You know, in depth, they were fun oh, to yeah, watch. Yeah. And they were just like they gave it was so planned out. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, look at fucking Thriller for Michael Jackson. Absolutely, how it's long a, that fucking music video is? Yeah. And how planned out that a was? Legitimate yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then I do the same thing. Like I'll remember music videos that I saw so many times that made me love the song, hmm, and yeah. I'll just go look up because it's gonna be there. Like top songs of 2010. Yeah, and like I'll just as soon as I see the artist or a picture of the video that I remember, yeah. then I'm able to rediscover the song and kind of like put myself back in that time. 
Simpler yeah, exactly. Time. And, and it's, it's funny because, like, you mentioned like music videos and stuff. And the first thing I think of is like when me and Bill the, the one time, not to bash, I don't know, everybody's different, but like, what was it, Tech Six Nine? What the fuck? What's the hell? Takashi Six Nine. Takashi, whatever the fuck his name is. Like his music video with Nicki Minaj, just complete fucking dumpster Best friend or I forget. And what it's, it's like called. this is the music videos we're making now. Well, it's the same yep. thing with like Kanye West went down that road. Um, you know, Migos and Gucci Mane and all them. So, yeah. Like their videos became very flashy, and that was already a thing. Like P Diddy, you know everything that yeah. they try to do to kind of emphasize. But you always had realism in like the late '90s, early 2000s. The music right. videos. I don't know if yep. you remember the Soul Survivor video, with Young Jeezy and Akon. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, like it was awesome. Remember yeah. Jesus Walks? Yeah, that video. Dude, watching yeah. this shit on TRL. All oh the yeah, time. every day yeah. I'd be fucking looking forward to that shit. I'm as white as fucking white bread. But when I saw In the Club with 50 Cent, I wanted to wear a wave cap. Like, he just made, like, the videos back then were just, like, they Remember, made you uh, feel something. Usher's Yeah video? Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Dude. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. 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 But even yeah, just, like, yeah. um, like Newfound Glory, like, all those pop yep. punk bands yeah, back then. Like, yeah, they made, yeah. even um, uh, Sugar We're Going Down. Yeah. Fall Out Boy. I mean, there were so many songs back then that, are, you know, the guilty pleasures and songs that people were there rip was on you because of popular. Behind it, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was And honestly, out. This, yeah. this goes back to something that me and you have been talking about for a long time. It's almost been like a common thread throughout this whole podcast, really, is like the de-evolution or, dev, you know, uh, yeah, the devolving or de-evolution. Corporations of- are crushing cult. Classics. I exactly. Mean, the ability it's, for fans to make the like, music as opposed to the I kind of almost feel like you should put like a pin in this and we should make this another episode. <clears throat> like the dumber it is, the better it is. Yeah. You know what I That's mean? That's why I said before I brought that, I was like, I hope yeah. one day we can do an episode Yeah, on I just this feel like that because literally we can go on around and around yeah. and go here. Yeah. So to end the banter, because we totally spiraled. Yeah. It's no big deal, though. Well, but one day... This is the normality. Yeah. yeah, music video <laughs> issues coming soon. Yes, coming soon to a podcast near you. On this day in music history. On this day, February 8th, 1964, with Louie Louie by the Kingsman under FBI investigation for obscene obscene lyrics for Louie Louie. The song's publisher offers $1,000 to anyone who can definitively distinguish the dirty words. I believe that they thought this was code. Yeah. Was it Vietnam was happening in sixty four, yes. right? Yeah. I think and they thought it was like a code. Around then. Yeah. Yeah, they thought it was a code for like where our American military was, like in Vietnam, so yeah. they can get attacked or some shit. Yeah. Which I think is absolutely crazy, but whatever. Well, I mean back I mean that's just goes to show you how deep with government conspiracy is with certain things that happen throughout mm-hmm. pop culture, especially in the ties to the government. But it's interesting. Nineteen sixty four, we're complaining about Louis Louis. <laughs> Two thousand twenty one, we still have WAP. Yeah. On the airwaves. Right. Yeah. I'm going to bring that song up every chance I <laughs> Dude, get when I hear discrepancies do. from 60s, from 70s, 80s. Like the shit that that was like harsh back our, then. Our, nowadays. Our wives are like, that Dude, song isn't, isn't it, that big of a deal. Yeah, it is so crazy. We're we, so. We talked to yeah. them about that, that, how they're all like, oh, well, you guys can talk about your dicks and stuff. Like it's not, I'm not talking, we're not talking about it's that. Nobody vulgar. does that. Like it's to yeah, get, where's the vulgarity? Like this is just a complete vulgarity of a song. But I've that's never the thing. heard a song like The this. evolution of WAP is due in part to the evolution of hip hop and the way men especially discussed what their lyrical content was about was like fucking women and obviously yep. that produced the idea that you know women should be able to do this too that's great but both are wrong that is an absolute two wrongs don't make a right situation exactly. that right. shit was already damned before you know because what happened to like true hip hop you know gone gone yeah, so it's like almost like it's okay. So if we had a daughter right now, you, would, you would want saying. her walking around that talking about her wet ass pussy. Yeah. Or how about you know you're, you're my uh, my rock hard cock? Yeah. If we had a song that was called Rock Hard Cock. You wouldn't be upset with your son walking around saying, "Yeah, yeah. rock hard cock." Rock like hard basically, cock. yeah, I want you know? my daughter to be a slaughter, my son to be a rapist. I, I mean, so, it's just so yeah. fucking ridiculous yeah, think about it. But yeah, and the thing about that is we have to understand because you know music, whether you accept it or not, will influence personality. Exactly. Between social settings like school and your household, music will always find a way to incorporate the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you act. Mm-hmm. You know, people look up to these individuals, and you have a, someone like a Cardi B figure who is kind of like that almost supportive for like women's rights and like giving women a voice and being able to feel like they're in control. 
I don't need my five-year-old niece jamming a fucking WAP. I'm telling you that right now. That's yeah. the scary thought about it. They just want yeah. your five-year-old niece to know that she can control her wet-ass pussy. Yeah, that's basically. Sorry, I don't mean I, to keep saying it, but like you know, you got to say, you got to know how it is. Yeah, it, it is. And we listen to Cannibal Corpse as we've mentioned, so we're all for yeah. obscenities. <laughs> exactly. You Actually, go all over the place here. As I forgot to mention <laughs> earlier, the the track listing for the new Cannibal Corpse album. Oh, thank Order's you. Murderous Rampage. You know, you got a necrogenic. Hold on. <laughs> Featured on Cannibal Corpse's violence unimagined track listing. Murderous Rampage. Necrogenic Resurrection. Inhumane Harvest. Condemnation contented, Contagion. Contagion. Oh. Surround. Kill. Devour. Ritual Annihilation. Follow the Blood. Bound and Burned. Slowly Sawn. Over torture and ceraments of the flayed. Brought to you by Rage Against the Mainstream. <laughs> I like that little touch. Yeah. Cannibal Corner is definitely going to work out. Yeah, we got to yeah. do that. Because, dude, I can print you out any lyric sheet to read off a of Cannibal Corpse and you can make it as fucked up as Here's possible. Here's your Cannibal Corner for, for the week. <laughs> My name is Will and welcome to Cannibal Corner. To our Corner. field correspondent, Will. Yes. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm over here. <laughs> yeah, have you like talk? Hey, in the corner. I'm over here in the corner. The microphone yeah. doesn't reach this far, but... <laughs> yeah, we tell you stretch that. So moving on here to 1971. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> on a total opposite end of the spectrum, you got Bob Dylan's documentary, Eat the Document, chronicling, chronicling his 1966 tour of the UK, premieres at the New York Academy of Music. Um, the ABC television network will buy the rights to the film, although they refuse to air it after deciding it doesn't contain enough concert footage. Ah. Irrelevant man doesn't even own his own music anymore. Yeah, (laughs) fuck it. 1989, Anthrax earned their first gold album when their fourth album, State of Euphoria, arguably my personal favorite, is certified for yeah sales of 500,000 copies. It's just that is such a great album. Antisocial, when they play that live, it's just so. You're anti. You're antisocial. Like yeah, so awesome. Total thrash. Love Anthrax. Yes. Um. 2003, the Fox lesbian duo TATU hits number one in the UK with All the Things She Said, becoming the only Russian act ever to top the chart. Honestly, not familiar. Um, If anybody is familiar and would like to make comment, hit us up on our social media. (laughs) (laughs) One year later in 2004, at the Grammy Awards, Outkast is the first hip-hop act to win Album of the Year for Speaker Box of Love Below. Phenomenal fucking album, by the way. I remember yeah. buying that for that Christmas year when I was, you know, not even a teenager. Great fucking album. Um, Evanescence takes Best New Artist, beating out 50 Cent, who comes on stage anyway, pulling a full Kanye in 04. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> 50 Cent should have beaten out Evanescence for that. I mean, Evanescence is all right, I guess, but as far as a best... Uh, best new artist, Fifty Cent. I mean, uh, like if we're talking in 04, too, yeah, yeah. In 04, he was. Um, well, this just shows you the turning, or uh, honestly, this would probably be the turning of the times because when was the last time a rock that a rock act was best new artist? It's true. You know, we're gonna have to fucking. Uh, what are we gonna call this? A retrospective of the Grammys. Yeah, we could do that with the Oscars, too. Like, yeah. The Exorcist being the first horror film, even though The Shining should have been nominated. Exactly. All different circumstances with the Oscars. Another rip at corporations like Rolling Stone. Fuck you with your awards. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> but yeah, it's fucked up. Um, last here is in 2009. Chris Brown and his Rihanna... His, his Rihanna girlfriend... <laughs> 2009. Is that a noun now? Like a straight adjective? (laughs) Uh, Last thing here in music history is 2009. Chris Brown and his girlfriend Rihanna missed the Grammy Awards where they were scheduled to perform after he assaults her. Yeah, I gotta add that in there. Like... It, they it's funny. I was reading that with you. A puppy and or... Yeah, that after he assaults her bar is like late. So when they said they missed the Grammy Awards, I was my first thing I was going to chime in is like probably because she was beat the fuck up or something. And then it's like actually written in there. So it's totally relevant to. So five years later, after Evanescence took the best new artist, then we have total masochistic attitudes. And Chris Brown lays the proverbial fucking, hammer down. Proverbial hammer. He and it's crazy. That's like the idea, just because he still has a career. Yeah, that's what's crazy. You see, football players do some shit like this. Done. 
They are yep. fucking well, gone. They're gone. Actually, this is kind of like one of the first times that uh, that we're actually recording coinciding with something that's happening in the music industry right now. Like usually when something fucked up happens, we've already recorded or we yes. have to wait a week and we're always late. Marilyn Manson is fucking 100% in cancel culture right now. He's 100%. fucked. He's his, done. His career is over. Yes. He's been dropped by record labels. He's been fucking... Everyone. Trent Reznor's been yeah. on there. Wes Borland's been on there. Every fucking person that he's had in contact or has been in contact with came out and just said, this dude's the biggest piece of shit like ever. Finally broke out. Which is crazy because, again, the comment section on anything you see posted about it is exactly how I feel about it, too, which is <laughs> I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> like, I was fucking 10 years old when I heard the like, rumor that he pulled out part of his ribcage to suck his own dick. Why would I be so I surprised? Like, I was the guy, dude. I, thought, sexual assault. I yeah. thought it was, I don't know, like, I thought it was like a facade or yeah. like, I thought it might have been like just like re- a play. Well, it's like a Pat O'Brien like, situation. Yeah, Dude's there's living no way this is real. Persona. There's no way this guy's yeah. like this. Yes. Turns out he is. But here's the thing about that. Again, I agree with that because someone like Chris Brown, the fact that he still has an extremely successful career, you're enabling that idea. Yes. Whether it be mistake or not, you do that at any nine to five job, you're done. And that's going to go on some sort of background when anybody goes to do a valid check on you from your previous employer. That if you fucking hit an employee of any race, any done. sex, Smoke. you're done. But no, Chris Brown's still out there fucking hooking up with any DJ he can making fucking hit music. Exactly. That's how fucked up the industry is. Since Will is here, I figured yes, now. Hi guys. I'm yeah. still here. <laughs> <laughs> I figure now is a better time than ever. I mean, I say this every time someone else comes on the show, but I feel like that now is more of a better time than ever before to kind of branch their not branch, but kind of bring in both podcasts together again. Almost like you know when Nick Fury has to call the Avengers. Yeah, this is like almost uh, like the same situation. Can I be Thor? Um, I always thought of you more of like a Black Widow type, personally. Oh, wow. That's real. You think real highly of me. At least I'm dead, you know. <laughs> and apparently I'm an elitist, uh, so I should be Iron Man, of course. Oh, uh, yeah, that sure. Yeah. yeah, you could be fucking I'd Iron Man. I could be the girl, you know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. I'm Nick Fury. I'm the brain. Of course, yeah, operation. you know. Yeah. Nick Fury's very important. No, you're, you're fucking, you're Phil Coulson. That's who you are. Oh, yeah. Mm. There you go. Mm. Thanks. Or, um... So anyway, like you were saying, why don't we go ahead and roll into uh, <laughs> the introduction for the topic. The the topic for today is to seamlessly blend these two podcasts together is actors that have had or currently have music careers or aspirations in music. Now, I've we've never really kind of talked about this topic before, but as you start getting down, you know, into the lists, you have very, very fucking like it's very extensive. Prominent figures. And some that you wouldn't even wouldn't think that had a music career. Exactly. I guess to kind of go through this here, let's, I guess, well, I mean, I just have a list of names. I'm pretty sure you guys just have a list of yeah, names Yeah, Will's well. got a good yeah. compilation of artists that I didn't even fucking know did music, which exactly. is interesting. But it's also, there's two ways to look at this. Uh, musicians that winded up progressing into film mm-hmm. and actors that wind up progressing through to music. So it is an interesting concept to see how some of these artists like went different directions and were able to establish. Well, or, or also, I mean, like, I guess I wouldn't say it's like a third, but like another direction too. like, for instance, one of the people I have is Hugh Jackman and like, he's not like, a, you know, a singer on the side per se, but like when he did the greatest showman soundtrack, like he sang yeah. watching the movie, like, Oh wow. Like, X-Men, like, you know, like yeah. Wolverine can sing. Very relatable like, to, like, the, what yeah. Bradley Cooper did. Yeah, exactly. Star Wars like, they're not, like, you know, not on the doing one that. or the other, yes. but it's just, like, they just did it, and, like, here we are. Like, some some of the people on the list that I have, I, I look through, they had to take, like, lessons for these films, yeah. like, to sing, you know, in the well, movies and such. probably one of the most extreme examples of being involved with music and then progressing into acting would have to be Mark Wahlberg. Right, Marky Mark and oh, yeah. Funky Bunch, yeah. dude. And then all of a sudden... I would say that's the most notorious, most notorious story of someone who is so successful as an actor, but still it's has a sickening. very recognized music career. Because oh, he yeah. is almost like um, the Flash Gordon of music. Like, people know it, but you're never, like, driving in the car. Like, Will, you're never driving the car with your Spotify app, like, you know... 
hey Siri, play Marky Mark and the Funchy Punky no. Bunch. That just doesn't happen. Play good vibrations. But you know it. Feel the vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> Feel it. I mean, I was just listening to the 80s music the other day, so I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, then you, you also have his brother, too, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. I mean, granted, he's nowhere near the success of Mark in acting by any means. Yeah, no. But he was in a way more successful music act, New Kids on the Block. Yes. I mean, it's kind of funny that you have this, like, uh, like almost this, like, family, like a dynasty, I guess you would be able to call it. Yeah. Like a family dynasty of the Wahlbergs. And then you have uh, yeah. little fucking I've, Paul. Is that yeah. his name? He just makes cheeseburgers. That's like in uh, football. You got like Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, both Super Bowl champions. And then they have like another brother who's like an accountant. Oh, God. And he even just, their dad, Archie Manning, exist. was a professional. Fo- like, so you got yeah. three of the four men of the family. One of them is like yeah. doing refinancing homes or something. Yeah. Like you also have like um, like the Jonas Brothers. There's a fourth Jonas Brother. Yeah, it's so... Yeah. He's just not involved. God, it's Actually, tough. I do want to say this now. We're not going to be getting into... Disney artists no. like Hannah Montana. Yeah, no, yeah we're well aware of how that shit. The Jonas goes. Brothers or Zac Efron, Zac Efron yeah. or you know uh, Vanessa Hudgens or, or, or like any of those you know, people. Selena like, Gomez. You can we're go not, on forever. We're not, we're, yeah, 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 we're not talking about them. We're not going to go on Disney artists, but let's let us name a bunch right now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> These are the there ones we are not yeah. bringing up. Yes, there you go. We brought them up. It's over. Here Moving are our Disney artists. So, kind of well, speaking of Disney. One that got their start with Disney, uh, Justin Timberlake, part of the Mickey Mouse Club. I thought you said we weren't talking about Disney. Yeah, but this is different. Oh, this is a different party. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Justin Timberlake started on the Mickey Mouse Club along with Britney Spears, but she's not involved with this topic at all. But Justin Timberlake. Well, she did. She did a movie too, though. You know, did she? What movie? Yeah, it was. uh, Oh fuck! What the hell is that movie called? Crossroads. Crossroads, oh, yeah, yeah she right. starred in that movie. I don't know if she did any other ones. I just know that one. I think it was just Crossroads. Yeah, but anyway, um, Justin Timberlake obviously has a huge movie yeah, career compared so to her. So fuck Justin up. Timberlake then obviously goes on to be in one of the most successful um, music acts of the 20th oh, century, yeah. 21st yeah. century, NSYNC. Yep. And then as NSYNC dissolves and breaks up, you slowly start to see Justin Timberlake in films. And then next thing you oh, know, dude, he's yeah. like a fucking A-list actor. Yeah, he's in a lot yeah. of films. Like, honestly, you know what movie I love him in is, uh, uh, fuck, Bad Teacher with yes. uh, Cameron, uh, Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yes. I think movie's my, so fucking funny. Good movie. My favorite one's the one we just talked about a few weeks ago, In Time. <laughs> yeah. When he's in that film. You know what else? He was good in Alpha Dog. Remember Alpha Dog? Oh, yeah. Where mm. he's like the gang leader? Yeah. I haven't and seen then, that one. Um, Social Network. He was He's really done some good very good Network movies. Too. Very good movies. I mean, Trolls. Yeah. I mean, kids for movies. But, you know, I have a kid, so that's why I'm allowed <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, voice actors. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. in that. Because my, allowed to my be nephews, this. my nephews, I get sucked down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. I just watched Soul not too long ago. Oh, dude, dude, we talked about that a few weeks ago. We talked about that. Oh, Soul good. was ridiculous. Very, very good. And that was, like, made for totally adults and children. Oh, yeah. Because my, my Disney nephew... Disney does that a lot, though. Yeah, my, but but that was, like, probably the first real Pixar movie other than Toy Story 4 where I watched it and got the adult perspective immediately as opposed to having to review it. And it was just a very interesting perspective because a lot of the movies I watched as a kid, I'm watching my four-year-old nephew just laugh at the, you know, the funny moments, like, where the, the yeah. soul slaps the dude and, like, he's cracking up. And I'm like, yeah, that's very funny. But then you hear the dialogue and I'm cracking up and then he's looking at me laughing and he has no clue why and I'm like this is so great going off of soul real quick and we can actually talk about this because the main star Jamie Foxx has had a move as had movie and music careers yeah oh, it's yeah, weird it that you brought him up because he was gonna be the one I brought <laughs> up I'm literally googling him right how now do you what do you feel like too. at the end of soul like do you feel like the 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 spark or whatever they call it that isn't what that the spark, the way I interpreted it, was that was their like excitement or wanting to live. Yeah, like it was the yeah. fact that they were excited to live, yes. not like this is what you you thought you were supposed exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everyone tries to go for the deeper meanings and the psychology behind these movies, but sometimes you just have to accept it for what it's worth. All right, let's be careful because I'm one of those people. No, that's that's <laughs> fine, and I do the same thing. But that movie, particularly, like it was enough to digest where you didn't need to go that far because it yeah. was giving you everything you needed. You saw him struggling with his jazz career, wanting this, wanting that. And the whole underlying context was he was offered this job as a teacher. Yep. But never really wanted that. He wanted to himself be something. The whole movie, he's teaching this soul. 
the right. whole movie. Right. So he's literally doing everything that he got hired for within the first three minutes of the movie that never came to fruition. He never, you never saw him work in school. Yeah, you saw that brief moment with one of his students that showed up, and he wasn't right. even a part of the context. But the whole movie, he's like training and teaching that soul and giving it direction. Yep, that was real, and like in turn helping himself. But yeah, I totally agree. Amazing. I think that's exactly what it was, and it was yep. just very well written. Such a good Pixar movie. pulls on the fucking heartstrings. They too, do. Dude. Like I'm sitting there like bubbling up. My parents are on their phone, so they're not in the moment. And I'm like, I can't have them see me like tearing up. They're going, what the fuck's your problem? I'm like, are you watching the movie? <laughs> if you were watching what I was watching, you would be yeah, sad exactly. too. I, I was exactly. there. I, I was there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I wasn't Pixar, there with you, but like, yeah. Yeah, Pixar, yeah, I was there. In spirit. In spirit. Our souls. Right. <laughs> Great movie. Though. I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Fuck, man, is this really what happens when we die?" Yeah. And then like I'm like I'm looking at the bug zapper. I'm like, "Fuck." Yeah. 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 This is really what happens. Yeah. I'd, I'd keep running down the escalator. I mean, if you, you're speaking about like Pixar and Disney, like it makes me think of one of the people I chose was like Dwayne Johnson, like in Moana. Oh, yeah. Like that was just surprising How to me that he was you're even singing. I can't. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. And I'm like I'm sitting running around my house singing this "You're Welcome" song, like. You know, and it's just like, wow, like, I didn't well, think that, you know, he had, like, a voice that could work, you know. Throughout singing, his movie career, there has been instances of him singing. Like, um, I don't know if you remember the game plan where he's uh, a football see, player and yeah. he has a daughter. Of course. Like, it's shown in that movie that he, well, at least in the movie, that he was, like, an avid Elvis fan. Right. And there was a couple scenes in that movie where he was playing guitar and singing Elvis. Oh, okay. See, I've never seen that movie. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. You got to watch yeah, the game plan. That. game plan. Game really good. Yeah. That's a good... It's a that Disney was, movie as is well. Is it like the Tooth yeah. Fairy one? Is that the Tooth Fairy one? It's not it's as better than it's the, not as goofy. Is it called yeah. the Tooth Fairy? Is that my thing yeah, of a the, different movie? Yeah, the yeah that is one. Okay, yeah. Then Vin Diesel also did one called The Pacifier, but the he doesn't Pacifier, sing. The Pacifier, yeah. But yeah, the game plan's a Disney movie as well, and it's really, really good. Yeah. That, that, you would really like it. It's okay. a really, really good movie. But yeah, Dwayne Johnson, I mean, what, I mean, at this point, dude, we're talking about a fucking juggernaut. This dude's oh, dude, a wrestler. Yeah. This dude's a fucking actor. This dude's voice actor. He's fucking... Singing, like, it's just, what can't he do? Yeah, he's like an advocate for physical health. I mean, he's just... He really is the most electrifying man in all of showbiz. He really is, yeah. man. He, yeah, you want to talk about showmanship? Dude. He was going to. Yeah, he, if Schwarzenegger could well, governor role him. in California, I could totally vote for The Rock for... I would want to At this point in time, dude? Oh, yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. Like, Why would you not? This guy I mean, can. I mean, this guy can complete a full not, sentence and not tweet Listen, I'm, about I'm, I'm not even trying to say like picking sides for like Donald Trump or anything, but that's the reason why people want with Donald Trump because they're like, you know what, I'm tired they of politicians. Real. I want somebody yeah. real. I want somebody different. I want somebody who's not doesn't but have their hand. Could in the you pot. imagine so, like, like The Rock is the perfect opportunity? Yeah, for but that. could you imagine this in this like fictitious, fictitious like uh, press conference? Like it just. Can you smell? <laughs> What the rock is cooking? He's just and he says that right. Be- he says that right before he induces his new economic savings plan yeah. for the economy and during COVID. Right, and, you know. But here's the th- yeah. His music comes out. Yeah. Like, what's your this question? Is, this the is, rock doesn't care what your question this is. This is the great thing, man. And it's it goes in hand with guys like uh, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. Like, you want those realist, you know, yeah. individuals and someone like the rock, you know. Guy, oh, yeah. ever all these people are informed. That's not that's no question. Yeah. But the way politics is so shaped, I mean, you get because like again, I don't like to expose my political views because I'm a very independent individual when it comes to terms of voting. I mean, you have someone like Joe Biden that struggles to complete a sentence, and you have somebody like Donald Trump that can't get off fucking Twitter until he's forced off of it. Yeah, you know. So you have both sides of the spectrum where yeah, people voted for Trump for that reason, but they got. Jack Torrance from The Shining. Like, you know, they didn't get him when he first got hired for the job. They got him after he totally lost his shit. Yeah. So it is interesting to know, like someone like The Rock, when you talk about showmanship and the thing we think about him being art, music, film, industry. Yeah. He's just a fucking do-all, man. He really... Yeah. And he's just a respected guy. Like, I've never... You just can't... There's nothing you can say I feel like I'd have a legitimate conversation with him. Yeah, and he's very cool. Like yeah, some of the like, videos I see of him from personal, like where he was pulling up next to that bus of kids going to a baseball game. Yeah, and they could see him through his tinted windows because of light. And he rolled down his windows. He's like, "Yo, you guys gonna have a good game?" And he's like, "That's awesome. just total casual." Like honestly, I feel like if I got some stronger chairs in here, and like he were to walk in here, he'd sit down to a podcast with us. Yeah, need stronger chairs though. Why would you say the, stronger chairs? So. Uh, 
Are you kidding me? It's the fucking rock. <laughs> you smell what he's cooking? Uh, is he, that what it that is? name is not ironic. Like a 6'2", 400 pound called Tiny. Like, he's the rock. He looked like he was carved out of stone. Pretty much. <laughs> like, he, he's the not total. Stone. You're welcome. Yeah, not getting total fanboy on the rock because it's not that deep. Yeah, this but turns he's into just like a rock a, episode here. Dwayne, yeah. if you're listening, please contact us. Some of this will be cut out because we totally just like podcast. gargled on the rock at this moment. But <laughs> yeah. speaking well, of those individuals and another gargling yeah speaking of gargling uh and i hate to say because it's kind of in context dallas buyers club with matthew mcconaughey and another individual jared leto that movie first of all is a phenomenal film wards whatever but jared yeah. leto is one of those individuals where it's very interesting because he had a successful almost cultish emo like 90s pop punk type vibe following with 30 seconds to mars mm-hmm. and that's how i know him well, did you know that his movie career actually funded the music career? Which is interesting yeah. because he was first exposed to me through 30 Seconds of Mars, but I didn't look that deep into the musicians behind a band at that age. Yeah. It wasn't until a movie came out and someone said, you know, that's the singer from 30 Seconds. And then I went back and watched that video for, what's the, the fucking Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, it's the same fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, <sighs> I don't even know how to explain his movie career in terms of just... I think the best movie he's ever done was American Psycho. That's because he takes acts to the fucking... Yeah, and like Dallas Buyers Club is phenomenal because his role in that is very controversial and it's a very well-done movie with good historical context Mm -hmm. up for debate. But you get to see the chops. Like That's the thing when we talk about these individuals, the ones that have the chops where you can respect them in movies as well as the music they've put out. And Jared Leto's like middle of the pack. Because he's yeah. never, like, really excited me. Like, if Jared Leto was starring in Crazy Stupid Love with, you know, Ryan Gosling, I would just, he's not an actor that comes to mind where I'm like, I need to see that movie. Well, there is one movie, dude, that's coming out with him, and he's, like, the star. Uh, with the, uh, the Denzel Washington movie. Yes. Uh, it's coming on HBO Max. Looks good. the good. fucking name of it, though. Yeah, it does look very good. It looks good. fucking crazy. But that's the thing about him. He's a guy that needs a supporting cast that makes me want to watch the movies. Because yes. Matthew McConaughey is the show in Dallas Buyers Club. Yes. You know, this movie we're talking about, forget the fucking name. Denzel Washington's really the driving force, and Jared Leto plays a great supporting role, which is great. Yep. American Psycho. And yeah. plays a great supporting role. <laughs> and like, you know, like 30 Seconds to Mars, you know, take him or leave him. The Kill was a good song when it came out. You know, yeah, that's everyone what I mean. listened to it. That's what I mean. He he was successful in a right to be acceptable, but he's exactly. not, you know, over the top exciting. Like, for instance, Lady Gaga. Yeah. And Will, you're. Are you you know, about the little things? The little things. That's yeah, it. Yeah, the Boom. little things. Thank you. Thank you, Sorry. Will. But um, Lady Gaga's another one. Yeah. And Will, I know, Starsborn. Yeah, you yeah. talk about Bradley Cooper. Right. I mean, just that type of acceptance where your Lady Gaga was huge in music, mm-hmm. and when A Star Is Born came out, I mean, you got to see her acting chops. Aside from what she did with American Horror Story, that one yep. season Hotel, right? Yeah, great. You know, another one that we don't that we didn't mention, or even ones that we didn't even have written down. Share. Yes. Right, the fucking queen. Well, I mean, let's be honest. We all just kind of picked a couple people here and there. I mean, yeah, we but could like, go on as for, we're talking about it. Like yeah. you're starting to think, like Christina Aguilera. Well, well, I I, I know you have a list of the obscure, yes, individuals that you wouldn't even thought that had a music career. Oh yeah, yeah I know yeah. you have a list. So if you you should rattle some names off, you just, just only to throw like names. R- out yeah, there ruffle. Just throw some I names didn't out like, there. You know, when I looked at that list, I was like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> um, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. I saw a video of him because I watch YouTube all the time, and I the think I, I fell down the rabbit hole from watching Family Guy. You always do. And um, there was a video of Seth MacFarlane like performing at like an opera house or some yeah. shit like that, like a venue, and he was doing like the whole like crooner shit. And it was just like you hear this fucking guy's voice, and like you hear him on Family Guy, like on the occasional moments or whatever, yeah. and it's like, hmm. This dude can pull off a fucking Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find out the dude's got a fucking album of Sinatra covers. And it's like, what the fuck? It, like, what, what, where did I, like, miss this? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, check it out on YouTube. Seth MacFarlane. Uh, some more names on here. Kristen Bell. Doesn't really sound surprising. <coughs> oh, yeah. Kristen Hugh Jackman. Bell with, uh, oh, sorry, you know, go ahead. Frozen and Frozen, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hugh Jackman, which I already mentioned, you know, for, uh, actually, he was in uh, Les Miserables and The Greatest yeah. Showman. Yes. And we had those two. Um, another person I had on here, let me find it. Scarlett Johansson. Apparently what, has. What did she do? See, that was one that stuck out. That one and Bruce Willis were the ones where I was like, what? Um, let's see. 
She says, uh, from 2008 to 2009, Johansson released a pair of albums that sold moderately well. And after taking a break from music, she released a new EP, which with frequent collaborator Pete Yorn in 2018. Oh, uh, okay. She even performed at Coachella once. <coughs> Crazy. So, Speaking I mean, of just, you know, Scarlett Johansson, about. her opposite co-star in the Avengers, Jeremy Renner, also, yeah. also. has yep. a music career. Yep. And he's been doing it for a while now. And he just released an album, I believe it was 2019 or 2020, released an album. And I actually heard the single off of it. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, holy shit, Hawkeye's got some fucking pipes. Yeah, he's actually right. a good guitar player as well. Yeah. I mean, another person I had on the list was uh, Reese Witherspoon. What did she do? Um, well, she was in um, Walk the Line. Oh, shit. Yes. That's right. June but Carter. It, it, this yes. is one of the people I think it's because we're doing a collab episode, so I can't remember when I said it, but she's one of the people that said she had to learn how to sing before taking on the role in that film. Yeah, Joaquin that's an Phoenix interesting thing. as well in that movie. That's an interesting right. thing. Yeah, that yeah. it's also like um, Val Kilmer, the Doors movie. Yeah. When he got that role, it was an interesting fact to know when he submitted his proposal to Oliver Stone to say, you know, why he wants to roll, you know, a big fan, whatever. He sent a audio tape of him performing songs by the Doors, and he told Oliver Stone, hey, there's so many songs in here, whatever. Pick which ones you think are me, which ones you thought were Jim. Oliver Stone went list to it, gave him a list of which songs he thought were Val Kilmer and which ones he thought were Jim Morrison. The whole album was Val Kilmer. That's insane. So he was listening to songs thinking like, oh, this is Jim Morrison. Okay, this one's Val Kilmer. But the whole album was Val Kilmer. So, mm. it, I mean, and you listen to him in that movie. Yeah. Is dramatic that they made it and over-embellished how crazy Jim was. And well, that was based off of No One Gets Out Alive, right? Subtly, because the book itself really gives you a true detail of Jim was not as fucking nuts as they make him seem. Yes, he had his tendencies, but he also has his real like personal like ideologies yeah. and respected moments. But the music, like that's Val Kilmer. You know, and I'm listening to these songs and it's just it's great because you can tell when an artist kind of has the overdub trying to make them be the artist yeah. in terms of their vocal ability. Um, but the the music in that is great. And when you bring up Joaquin Phoenix, Walk the Line, I mean, yeah. that's... You've seen Walk the Line, right? No, I haven't seen that. That's another one you gotta I watch. I gotta watch that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Walk the Line's incredible. Phenomenal. It was, yeah. It's a very... It's a top five biopic for me just because of the way it is, the way it's done, and Joaquin is just... He He's pulls Joaquin. off Johnny Cash really well. Right. Yeah. He Joaquin's it. He Joaquin's it. Yeah. <laughs> another one I have on the list here is uh, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, that one was a shocking one. Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, he had he was in a he had a role in Moulin, Moulin Rouge, okay. where he actually uh, earned a Golden Globe nomination. I believe. I believe. Uh, uh, but he sings pretty well too. Christina Aguilera was in Moulin Rouge too. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. she had the song. Yeah. Did she have that? What was that uh, song? Lady Marmalade. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She was in Burlesque as well. Yes. With uh, Cher. Yes. I mean, I don't know how many more of these you want me to read down the list. I just thought the, the obscure <laughs> ones, because like when I saw like Bruce Willis's name pop up on one of those lists, I'm like, I'm trying yeah. to picture Bruce Willis in the studio. Just six degrees of separation of Bruce Willis. All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's take that break for a second. Go ahead, Bill. Um, Michael, my father-in-law, is yet to be on a Basement Box Office episode. He has not. He has expressed. He's more than welcome to. He's expressed interest, and oh, we're going to have him on eventually. But yeah. he's been a major. Uh, He's, I don't want to say major, but he's been a re- re- reoccurring third guy. Yeah, the reoccurring third guy. Yes. On Rage Against the Mainstream. Yeah, I see the, it on there. It says third the guy fourth, on the, on yeah, the third He's guy. the fourth average dude when there's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So, Michael, as we all know, if you're listening to Rage Against the Mainstream, that uh, he was in a you know uh, mid-level professional band in the 80s called Witness. They were playing all around, you know, like the tri-state, quad-state area. They had a, I don't want to say a residency, but they had like a bar in Pennsville, New Jersey that they would play at very the frequently. Turnpike uh, Maybe, I don't know. Okay. But anyways, they would play at this venue all the time, and one of the fans of this band was Bruce Willis. Oh, shit. Like, hey, Bruce Michael and there. Bruce Willis were on a first-name basis, and this is before Bruce Willis went out to California to um, uh, audition for Moonlighting, the show he did right before yeah. Die Hard. Right. Yeah, him, Michael and Bruce Willis were on a first-name basis. So, wow. You should call him sometime. Like, like hey, Bruce. Over. Yeah, you got to get him on Like, here. Bruce, what'd you think of the set? Yeah, I dude, would like to hear, because Michael brings really good old-school uh, vibes to our show, oh, so I would like, I, I would love for him to be on I was fucking with him last night, yeah. dude. He's like a book, dude. He's a, he's a fucking encyclopedia. It's crazy. But... Going back to, um, you know, what actually the topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, losing. Yeah. Another one that people aren't really aware of, um, 
Hugh Laurie. The only reason I bring him up is obviously because I've been watching House and I finished it. Um, throughout the series, you see him playing guitar. There's a whole musical section in one of the episodes. And you see him playing guitar, you see him playing piano, you see that, you know, in the show at least, he's an accomplished musician. Um, what you don't know is that while House was happening, he released two solo albums to where he kind of did like the whole like um, like lounge singer type thing. Yeah. Like yeah. almost like a crooner type deal like Seth MacFarlane, but it's Hugh Laurie. And um, yeah, that's yeah, an interesting like, one. Yeah, like, as you start watching the show and whatnot, you see him, like, you know, he's got, like, a vintage Les Paul, then he's got, like, a vintage Flying V, and, you know, he's got this fucking grand piano, then there's, like, episodes to where he's singing, but, like, the singing episodes is where he's, like, singing in his British voice, because those of you that don't know, Hugh Laurie is not an American, he is from the United Kingdom, and, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, and when I found out that he had an actual music career... Like, I had to go and listen to it, like, 100%. I mean, granted, it's not really my my cup of tea, not my bag. But for what it is, he is extremely, extremely talented. And he's another one of those juggernauts, yeah. dude. Forever, I used to think of him as just Stuart Little's, Stuart Little's adoptive dad. And I only thought of him as Dr. House. Yeah. And now he's Hugh Laurie, fucking singing sensation. Right. Lounge singer. Um. Another one I have on my list that I definitely wanted to bring up because I'm a fan of both the music and the acting style slash movies is Jack Black and Kyle Gass from Tenacious oh, yes. D. Well, I mean, the interesting is the first self-title is like an actual album. Yeah. The Tenacious D album. And it's great. And then they did the soundtrack to the Pick of Destiny mm-hmm. and that's good too. Dude, Pick of Destiny. If you've never seen the Pick of Destiny, have you? No. That's another one you got to watch. It's so fucking funny. Ben Stiller. There's so many cameos in that movie, too. I forgot about. Oh, yeah, dude. Ben Stiller's in there. He's like a Guitar Center employee. Yeah, he, yeah. he's the one who tells him about the pick. Yeah. He shows him the Van Halen <laughs> and the album cover yeah. and you know, gives the history of Angus all the guys. Young was playing a show in New Jersey. And he I, the I, lo- I love when he crowd. goes into the closet and yeah. it's dark and Ben Stiller uses his lighter. Light and yeah, Kyle Gass <laughs> like, why don't we just turn the light on? Because he was like trying to provide this whole vibe with yeah. like, the lighter underneath his chin, like, <laughs> like, are you afraid of the dark moment? And Kyle so Gass, we just turn on a light here, <laughs> dude. It's good. So, um, does anyone have anything else? Uh, I don't Any think other so. ones that want to get added? Um, I mean, in recent uh, notoriety, especially when we talk about artists, guys like Eminem and Fifty Cent, when they did that hip hop transition to be in biopics. You get to really see the acting talents because Eminem and Eight Mile made a great movie. Oh yeah, and then you use him in like cameo moments. There's a specific movie with um, uh, what the fuck? Oh, Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen, Funny People. There's a moment where you know because they're using real life people. Adam Sandler's this comedian. Uh, Seth Rogen's basically his assistant. And, like Adam Sandler's got you know he's sick and all this shit's happening. But there's a scene where Eminem plays a cameo in it. And he's like talking to Adam Sandler about like, you know, I hate all this fucking fame and blah, blah, blah. He's like, people are always looking at me. And he looks over and it's Ray Romano. And he takes a picture of Eminem. Yeah. And he was like, it's like that fucking guy taking pictures of me. And so, and Adam Sandler's like, that, that's Ray Romano. He's like, Ray who? He's like, yo, I'll just take a fucking fuck. Like, you got to see the clip. you fuck me, Ray? Yeah, you've seen it, <laughs> yeah, right? Seen that, okay, seen so like part. Eminem is one of those guys where you get the sincerity and what he did in 8 Mile. And then you can get that goofy... You know, get the Marshall Mathers Eminem context, yeah. and he can display that in movie. I wish he'd it's be in great. more films, honestly. That's what I'm saying. Like, certain so guys, funny. they branched out for a biopic, almost in a sense, because Eminem, you know, Eight Mile is not directly saying this is Marshall Mathers' life, but it's basically the context. Same thing with Get Richard Die Trying with, you know, Curtis Jackson. But exactly. again, you get to see the ability, and I think that's a very important thing to understand that. Music and film are very hard types of, you know, industries to break into. And you never really realize what some of these people went through to get to where they're at, to be able to be that well-respected. I mean, once you hit a certain portion, then corporations are just taking it with them. Oh, yeah. But to get to that point is, you know, yeah. you got to have some talent. Exactly. At least. So, I guess to kind of put a pin in this thing and kind of uh, end it here... I mean, there's not really like a definitive like who's the best because no, obviously so. it would be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, 
but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, Jumanji. I mean, come on, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can but go on forever. This was definitely an interesting topic, and you know, having both podcasts come together and actually having all parties, uh, you know, having their points of uh, expertise and talking. Yes, you know, it it makes it makes for a very good sequel. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it does. And I think next yeah. time you guys have any questions about Cannibal Corpse, you can definitely ask me. I feel like I've I've learned a lot today. Stay tuned for Cannibal Corner. Cannibal Will. Corner, yeah. I just and what was the one thing? You, God damn it! You said something earlier. I was like, we got to start branching that off because you keep music doing videos. that. No, not the music uh, videos. You said so. Like you know, we talked about like having like Cannibal Corner would be like a small like little segment. You know, how we have like in the archives. And, oh like, yeah. Birthdays. There was something you did or said, and it seems like we do it all the time. I was like, we're gonna have like a little segment. We're gonna call it this, and I forget what the fuck it was. We're just going to move on. Forget I said anything. You can (laughs) leave it in the episode. You don't have to delete it, but just keep moving. Since this is a hybrid episode here, we're going to do a collaborative effort, and we're going to do a group movie suggestion for Rage Against the Mainstream and Basic Box Office, which is Get Rich or Die Trying, um, 2005 movie directed by Jim Sheridan. And if you're unaware of what this movie is, get your head out of your ass and go check it out. This is the... Kind of like one of the the first like really good biopics, really. Um, Eight Mile. Yeah, but this is like immediately after that. So yeah, this is. Like I'm not beginning. gonna lie. Like this is like pre All Eyes on Me and Notorious yes, and yes. Triana. Yeah, it branched off because of the affiliation. It's good. Um, but yeah. to me, it's it's more like the Mountain Shouting to Eight Mile. <laughs> I still enjoy it. I'll Where watch it. Where would you it. put it as uh, in comparison to Notorious or right below it? Right below Notorious. Right below it. What about All Eyes on Me? Running easily with, with it. That. Yeah, because Get Richard I Try and I watched that at an age where I really enjoyed it because I already loved the album. I was a huge 50 mm-hmm. Cent fan. But again, mm-hmm. to me, it it goes too far to be a drama. Like yeah. with the whole connection between, I forget the dude's name that he find out killed his mom and oh, yeah, the Kingpin yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. It becomes too much of like almost an action drama as opposed to like what 8 Mile was. Yeah. You know? Like that whole scene at the end where he breaks into the record studio before he goes and performs and he gets killed by his own sword, basically. Like, like yeah. come on, dude. It, it, that didn't happen yeah. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> the shooting scene, though, was cool. Like, the, you got the vibe yeah. of, like, his story and stuff. But I think Eight Mile ran true where Get Richard I Try is a good watch, but it's more of a movie than, yeah. you know, so. So, for my personal suggestion for this week, I am suggesting to check out the new David Lee Roth single, Somewhere Over the Rainbow bar and grill um this came out you know a week after eddie van halen died and um it's just a, it, i mean it's a it's a cool song it uh features john five on guitar it's not like a big rock production it's 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 a pretty decent song and if you're a fan of anything if you're a fan of john five or david lee roth or van halen this is going to be something to definitely check out um as far as my personal movie suggestion for this week I am suggesting, I'm going to have to suggest the 1983 film that Will had mentioned earlier, Training Places. I feel like that that is literally such a good movie to where you have to watch it, and I can't stress it enough. It's one of those, it's like, me and Will always talk about it, I, I believe me and Steve talk about it as well. There was like a golden era for Saturday Night Live, and you know, all those films like Caddyshack, The Blues Brothers, yes. Trading Places, Coming to America. There was just a golden age yes. for these really, really all good the Happy Madison movies. productions, and, exactly. You know, Billy you know, Madison, you know, Happy Gilmore, Ghostbusters, all that other shit. Yes. Like, there was a golden age for it, and I feel like those movies. They were funny, but it was like an underlying funny thing to where you had to think about it. And it, it wasn't just it, in your face. And it's just the immediate one-liners. The last exactly. most recent movie is like Anchorman, where you can just use quotes from that comedy to be able yep. to just day-to-day routine. All those movies that came, like Black Sheep, you know, obviously with all the Adam Sandler films we just mentioned. I mean, all that comedy during that era of Saturday Night Live and the movies that were produced are just yep. just so memorable. You know, you, you got, you name it, any of, any yes. of those films, any of the uh, Animal House, fucking Caddyshack, yep. both Caddyshacks. Both of them. You know, just anything. Like, there was just a golden age for it. And if you're like Will and it takes you fucking 40 years to watch Trading Places, yeah, take this as your ultimate recommendation. You need to brush up on some shit and you need to watch Trading Places. You need to get coming in America in there, too. Yeah, we'll yeah. get that in there. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to go first? Uh, I go first? I, 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 so, my suggestions. Thank you, Bill. 
Are you good? So my suggestions for this week uh, for film would be the 2019 film Doctor Sleep. We talked about earlier in the episode. Uh, we mentioned The Shining. We talked about Ewan McGregor being, you know, how good his singing career is. And mm-hmm. I figured, why not best pick Doctor Sleep? Because it's kind of yeah. like a mix of both. Yeah, I I actually have not seen that movie, but I read the book. And when I found out Ewan McGregor was playing, um, I forget Torrance. What the hell is his first name? Danny. Danny. Um, Little Danny Torrance. Yeah. When I found that out, I was very interested. And I haven't seen it yet. I was going to watch it with my parents, but we found out it was like two hours long. Yeah. And it was like 10 o'clock, and I don't want to watch movies through the snores of my parents. Yeah. And so I opted I can out. That. Yeah. So I'm, I would I would love to see that movie, actually. It was good, and I yeah. recommend it. Okay. Obviously, I'm recommending it right now. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's so it's, a good that you brought, it's good that you brought that up because I still, when now I you opted can out, it. yeah, when I opted out of that movie, I still never went back to watch it because yeah. a couple days have passed and I had forgotten. Yeah. Uh, for my it. album, I chose uh, The Greatest Showman for the album, and the song I chose off there would be The Greatest Show. Nice. Uh, it takes place in the beginning of the film, and it's also at the end. It just has like different. Hugh Jackman's the singer on that, right? Hugh Jackman, yeah. But uh, like in the beginning, he's the singer of it because it's like there's like two separate. It's like the same song, but they sing it twice. Yeah. Like in the beginning, it's just like like uh, I guess three quarters of the song, and then the film starts, and then at the end, it's like the full song. And this is where you know I don't know if you've seen the film, but Zac Efron takes over for Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And he does so in the song as well. So it's like you know there's two different adaptations of that song, but you know, greatest show. Nice. So. I kind of went off the path. I'm going to recommend a movie that's not so much familiar with the topic, but the movie I'm recommending is the 1964 release by Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick, who did The Shining, as well as you know various other films, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Clockwork Orange, Clockwork Orange which is my all-time favorite. The movie is Dr. Strangelove. Uh, Dr. Strangelove, basically a satire during the era of the Cold War. Phenomenal movie. Highly recommend it. Extremely funny, especially for those fans of like Monty Python and those like goofy, yeah, very good Kubrick film. The album recommending kind of ties in part. It's a soundtrack, and I don't know why I didn't fucking bring this up when we did a soundtrack episode. But the Superfly soundtrack by Curtis Mayfield. Oh shit! Jesus Christ! Like I, I saw a video pop up of him doing Pusherman live at the Soul Train, and it reminded me of that album. So I went back and listened. And I was like, dude, I, like, I don't think I brought this up on the soundtrack edition and I'm really <laughs> fucking upset about it. The album I'm recommending is the 1972 released uh, soundtrack titled Superfly for said movie Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. Um, saw a video of him on Soul Train that popped up from you know some page I follow with him performing Pusher Man. And it just reminded me how great of a song it is. I actually put it in our 30 Days uh, the music thing we did where we had, you know, songs and albums we yeah. related to context and I think it was like day twenty five or something. Yeah, something around yeah, that. Yeah, and I never recommended it's it personally. You things like that. It is very weird. My brain just I couldn't tell you where the fucking remote is, but I can remember <laughs> day twenty five of our daily music inventory. But yeah, uh so uh Soulfly just or Soulfly, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. Phenomenal album. Gonna recommend Pushman since I did that and never actually got the song put onto our page, so I'm hoping to revitalize that 1960s aesthetic of just walking the streets of New York and your fucking <laughs> bell bottoms. Just such a, just such a cool time. That, that funk. That that just that, the, the attire back then, just so much more class and pride. It just, yeah. you know, a gold chain, just, you know, like the rope chain. It's just such a cool fucking time, man. It's just like the whole aesthetic of it, the whole, like, everything. It, like, yeah. It's almost like when we talk about, like, nostalgia. I'm a suburban like white that. kid, but when I listen to that, bro, like, I'm fucking in Harlem at that moment <laughs> in time. I just feel it. Like, Curtis Mayfield just provided a level of feel from his music that's just undeniable. So funny. So good. <laughs> well, on this note, this ends the hybrid episode of Basement Box Office of Rage Against the Mainstream Podcasts. You can find our collected podcasts on Facebook. Facebook.com slash R-A-T-M podcast. Facebook.com slash B-B-O podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at R-A-T-M podcast and at B-B-O podcast. And of course, our respective emails our uh, R-A-T-M podcast at gmail.com and basementboxofficepodcast at gmail.com. But until then, this is Rage Against the Box Office signing off for the evening. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. Now remember, popcorn's always better with butter. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>